0: The place of an encounter with the living Lord Jesus when His Spirit confirms to our spirit that He is alive, that He is with you, that you're in His presence. What an awesome, awesome truth! And I don't know about y'all, but I have been convinced that Jesus is alive. How about you? That His Holy Spirit, the truth of the, the whole gospel, Paul said, the hope of glory is Christ in us, His presence. And when it gets to have freedom to truly manifest, what an awesome difference it makes when we come together to hear from him. This morning, I hope you came seeking to hear from the Lord. I want to ask you to turn with me this morning to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, to a very, very familiar passage. Y'all have all heard this passage, the parable of, some people call it the parable of the sower or the parable of the four soils. And it is one of my favorite teachings that Jesus gives. It is a great, great truth about how the Word of God works and activates and makes a difference in a person's life. And the importance of the condition of our heart and what God does. You know, this morning, the gospel that will be preached, the message that will be shared from the truth of God's Word, more than anything that determines what it's going to do to you is your heart condition. Where are you? Deep inside. Not on the outside. And Jesus' writing here was at a time when there was a great crowd of people, but not everyone in the crowd heard what he said. They, hear, they could hear it, but they didn't listen with their heart. And if you look with me here in verse chapter, chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass after that that Jesus went through every city and village preaching and bringing glad tidings. That's just another word for the gospel of the kingdom of God. And it says when you get down there to Verse 4, And when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to Jesus from every city, he spoke by a parable. And I want you to pay attention as we read it. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell, and this is the verse I want us to pay attention to this morning. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now what's he saying? Everyone could hear him, that's what they came there for, but he's meaning deeper than just hearing. He's talking about hearing with your heart. Then his disciples asked him saying, what does this parable mean? And Jesus said to them, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it is given in parables that seeing they may see and hearing they may not understand. If you don't understand what God is saying to you today, you have not heard. Because when he speaks, it changes our heart. And then here he says, those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who when they hear receive the word with joy. And they have no root who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who when they have heard. They go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life. And they bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who have heard the word with a noble and good heart. Keep it and bear fruit with patience. Look down there at verse 18. First thing he says there is, therefore take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. This morning, Father, I pray that you would give us ears to hear, that you would give us hearts that understand, that you would open our spiritual understanding of what it is this passage has to say and help us to realize the importance of having a good heart, a noble heart, a heart that loves and seeks you, a heart that truly loves and wants to be with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus' parables were just earthly stories that reveals heavenly meanings. We all may not be familiar with agriculture. Some of you old boys in here are. But in his day and time, everybody would have seen someone planting a garden, growing a crop. As a matter of fact, they were a culture and society that lived by whether or not crops came in so Jesus what he's doing is when he's teaching a valuable he's he taught a valuable king principles by using familiar things to explain the unfamiliar and as we look here I want to show you something this morning that just as the Lord wants the word of God he intends for it to do something to you this morning the devil When he, hears you hear the word of God, does something too. And he gives us three responses that happened to a person who heard the word of God. Now the first thing I want you to see here that he says in verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The problem this morning is not with the word of God. You have the Bible. It's the perfect, infallible, inerrant, inspired by God word. There's no error. It's perfect in everything it says to you. And God is raising up preachers everywhere. You may not understand this this morning. Most of the preachers I know are rightly dividing this book of truth. They're preaching it, living lives that need not be ashamed, who are anointed by the Holy Spirit, who you can watch and see that they're not perfect men, but they're committed men to the ministry of preaching the Word of God, and they're preaching it. The problem today is the same problem we've always had. It's not that America has a shortage of the Word of God. It's that America has a heart that's not hungry, that's grown dull, that's not listening to what the Word of God has to say. When we were little, we'd be out playing, and God's calling all of us. He's always looking to get our attention. Can you say an amen to that? If you don't believe God's trying to get your attention, look at the cross. Look at what Jesus did. He put his son on that cross for you. And he stood him up on a hill for everyone to see how much he loves us. So God is speaking. And friends, today, if you was to listen today, God has a lot to say. A lot that would change your situation, that would change your world, that would change your family and your community if we'd only listen. You see, the problem's always been, back in the days of the Old Testament, there was a prophet named Amos. Any of you ever heard of Amos? Amos was a contemporary of Micah and a prophet I know you've heard of named Isaiah. They all three were preaching at the same time, to the same generation, to the people of God. And listen what God told them to go and say. He said, Amos, go and tell them, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread nor of thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Now you would think that means God's not saying anything. He's saying something here. He's got his prophet speaking. He says, they shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro seeking a word from the Lord, but they shall not find it. Now, guys, listen. There were prophets everywhere. There's no greater prophet than Isaiah. He was preaching at the same time. He wrote the largest book out of the four major prophets even. But there was Micah. There were other prophets preaching. God was speaking, but they wasn't hearing and he, he calls Isaiah into the ministry to go and preach. And Isaiah is really unbelievably called into the ministry to go. He sees the Lord high and lifted up. God fixes and cleanses his sin problem. And immediately he says, whom shall I send and who will go? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me and listen what the Lord says. The Lord says, and he says, go and tell this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart so that they can return to me and be healed. Friends, listen. If God's word ever does anything to you, it's going to be more than an intellectual acknowledgement of what it says. It's going to penetrate past your mind into your heart. And you can hear the word of God audibly. You can read the word of God visibly and not hear it and not see it according to what scripture says. Listen what happened to a group of New Testament believers who were in the book of Hebrews who were because of persecution, because of things coming against them, were turning from Christianity back to Judaism. So the writer of Hebrews is warning them. Listen what he says. He says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion, in the day of trial and wilderness. Therefore, he was angry with that generation. He said, they always go astray with their heart. Guys, I'm convinced today... That the problem with the church is not a lack of preachers preaching an accurate proclamation of this book. It's the condition of the people's hearts who sit under their voices. It's not that America doesn't have still unbelievable blessings of access to the word of God. There's not a home in America probably doesn't have a Bible or two in it. There's a church everywhere, somewhere, that a preacher this morning is preaching, thus saith the Lord, with the power of God on his life, rightly dividing the truth to people just like you who have an opportunity to either believe it to the point they trust it and obey it or to just listen to it and say, I agree with it, but go on about business as usual. And friends, today as we look at a parable, Jesus teaches us that the devil, the last thing he wants you to do is hear the word of God with your heart. So he wants to mess up your heart. He wants to take your heart and condition it to where you don't want to listen to God. So what does he do? Look at what he says. Just like when you planted that seed by the wayside, it was where the path was. Usually that path might have went right through a a cultivated pasture, a field. But where they walked, if the seed fell on that instead in the good dirt, it would be hard and packed, hardened, and the seed couldn't penetrate. And as soon as it fell out, the birds of the air would come and eat it before it could sprout. And he says that that seed is comparable to this. Look at what he says. See, the first thing Jesus wants to do is he wants, I mean, the devil wants to do, is he wants to fool you with deception. To where you don't even let the word of God enter into your heart. He wants you to be so fooled this morning that this message ain't important. That this Bible is not really relevant to your life. That it goes in one ear and out the other. That you forget about it before you crank the truck and get off the parking lot. Ever happened to you? Before you get going down the road. And adjust your air condition and figure out where you're going to eat. You done forgot everything you heard. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to make you resistant to the Lord, Word of God. Just like that hard packed soil couldn't receive the seed, He wants to get your heart to where it's so hard it won't receive the Word of God. How does He do that? He lies to you. He convinces you things that ain't true about life, about God, about you, about your circumstances. He tells you things that are contrary to true, to where when you hear true, you're opposed to it. And friends, that's what He does every day in every church. As the preacher preaches, he's got people who are upset. God ain't done what I thought he would have done. He's not the way I wish he would. Something's happened to me. Life is hard, amen. Life will give you a hard heart if you let it. Life is pressing on us. It is trampling over us. Just like that soil And if you're not careful, you can develop a hard heart. You ever got there? Let me tell you something. If you're bitter this morning with somebody or something, and it's caused you to be angry to the point you have unforgiveness, you're likely not going to hear much from God. So your heart can become conditioned to not receive the word of God. Listen to what he says there in that first verse in verse 12. Verse 12. He says those by the wayside are the ones who hear the word. And then the devil comes just like those birds. And where does he take the word from? He takes the word out of their hearts. The last thing God wants to do today is for you to hear the word of God and believe it to the point it goes from your mind to your heart. You ever heard the saying that some people are going to miss heaven by 18 inches? They've got a lot of intellectual ability to understand and hear. They've heard the word of God in their mind, but it's never been heard in their heart. That's exactly what the devil does. And it says, so that they should believe and be saved. He doesn't want them to believe. And friends, that's what's going to happen to someone today if you're lost. And you hear the gospel and you say, I know it's true, but I'm not one to do that. The Satan's going to give you a reason. You can wait. Or that's not for you. You can do it later. I don't really believe Jesus loves you. Whatever it is that makes you wait, he's fooling you. He's deceiving you. He does it every time the word of God is proclaimed. And it's amazing. You preach the same message, the same passage, the seed of God. The perfect seed, and it'll, it'll cause all kinds of different responses depending on the different hearts and the conditions of the people you're listening to. You ever been to an old, cold, dull, hearted, dead church and tried to preach? I've preached messages where God moved in one church, preached the same exact sermon in another church, and get two opposite responses because of the condition of the church. But guys, look at the next one here, and we've all seen this. You see, if the devil can't fool you with deception and make you not even believe the word of God, if you do believe it, he doesn't want it to take root. So what does he do? He stops you with difficulties. How many of you seen a person give their life to Jesus and all of a sudden all hell comes against them? How many of you had made a personal commitment? Lord, I went to the altar. I recommitted. I mean it this time. I repented. I'm going to do right. And you went out there that week and the devil was on you. Amen? You think that's an accident? You see, he wants to stop you from letting the word of God be activated in your heart and taking deep root and being able to grow. And so he brings things like like drought. He brings things like harshness. He brings difficulties to discourage you so that you'll stop believing it. You'll stop trusting it. You'll stop letting it do what it can do. Friends, the minute you lose hope in what the Word of God can do, the minute you don't trust it, it don't matter how much you know it. You can quote it. It won't do nothing to you. Because you've got to believe it in your heart. So he wants to do things to stop you from doing that. And listen to what he says right here. Verse 13, but the ones on the rock, that's in the shallow soil. Which is a picture of the person with a shallow, superficial commitment to the Lord and his word. He says, when they hear, they receive the word with joy. Oh, they're all happy. And these, because they have no root, there's no depth to their commitment to their faith. They believe for a while... And in time temptations fall away. in Matthew's account of this verse, he says, "In times of persecution because of the word, and tempt- trials. And friends, listen, when something bad happens to you as a Christian, it shouldn't drive you from God, it ought to make you go to God. and when you are living a life when The moment it don't go the way you want, the moment it gets difficult, you begin to doubt the word. You begin to doubt the Lord of the word. Friends, that's the person. That's why the devil wants to do it. He doesn't want you to get to the point that you can accomplish what the Lord intends for the word to do for you. So he wants to stop you before it ever takes root. So he wants to keep you to where you don't think the word of God is worth the struggle. So you never read it. You never study it. You never get serious about it. You never get to the point where you say, Lord, I'm going to be a regular student of the word. Lord I'm going to spend time in the word. I'm going to ask you to help me read the word to the point I understand the word and God whatever you give me understanding of I'm going to apply it and do it in my life. That's a dangerous person to the kingdom of hell but it's a person that's fixing to bear fruit for the kingdom of God and so he wants you to be deep. He wants you to get past the milk. Oh well Jesus died for me. Jesus loves me. This I know because my Bible tells me so and that's all you know. But friends, listen, God is much deeper than we give him credit for. His word is amazing in what it can do. It is not only the milk that we need as babies, it is the meat that we need as mature men and women of God who need to be changed and transformed. Not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we may prove what is that good and perfect will of God? So the devil comes along to stop us, and he uses difficulties. And I don't know if you figured it out yet. He's got a smorgasbord of difficulties to use today in America. Amen? Man, everywhere you turn, there's something that'll make you get discouraged. Every day there's something that he can do to make you doubt the word. But you got to stay in the word. you got to believe. Friends, listen, if he can't stop fool you with deception, if the devil can't stop you with difficulties, he'll choke you down with distractions. And this is where I believe the majority of us are today who go to church regular. And when I say regular every Sunday, who are the regular people of God that gather in the house of God? Most of us, we already have been saved. We know that he's not deceiving us. We know the truth when we hear it. The Holy Spirit, you may try to figure it out, but You know, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, if you're in both of them and he's in you and you in the Word, you're not going to get deceived like all these crazy people. There's a bunch of people in the Southern Baptist Convention right now that's deceived that's going to cause a bunch of mess right now in our Southern Baptist Convention this weekend because they've been deceived. But friends, listen, if you truly are right with God and God's with you, we don't get deceived. I don't believe that's the biggest problem with the church. Most of us aren't stopped with difficulties. How many of you have had a trial, but you're still walking with Jesus? Praise God. But I'm going to be honest today. When we look at this next one, this one's got Marvin's name on it. This comes into my house. (laughs) This is my heart. My heart is the cluttered heart. My heart ain't the shallow heart. My heart ain't the hard heart. But my heart sure is... Cluttered with a bunch of mess that I wish wasn't there. And that's what the devil does. He uses the world and the pleasures of this life and the things of the, that are all around us to distract us. To get us from being serious about what God wants to do in our life. These young people went to camp and they got one week of focusing on nothing but God. And they got out of all the peer pressure and they got out of all the temptation and God spoke. He called some in the ministry. He saved some into salvation. And guys, I'm here to tell you the true test comes when you go back out there in the devil's land on his turf. And you got to learn to hear His voice. Till you got to learn to seek His face, and you got to learn to make the effort to get the word of God to where He can work in you. Because listen, this is what's going to meet you out there: the ones that fell on the the ones, verse fourteen. Now, the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and they bring no fruit to maturity guys that is too many of us today in the church that's we're caught up with hobbies we're caught up with money and we're caught up with all the distractions of this world the pleasures and the the things that we think we need at the cost that we don't give god the place that he needs to bear fruit in our life friends i don't know about y'all But it is so easy to get distracted. It is so hard to stay focused on Jesus and to put him first and to give him adequate access to our hearts. But guys, I want to tell you something today. Your heart is so wicked, it'll tell you that's not you, though. You're okay. Your heart is desperately wicked. My Bible tells me who can know it. Only the Lord can show you your heart. You ever heard them people, I know my heart, I wouldn't do that. That's a fool. <laughs> I know my heart, it's wicked. <laughs> It'll do things I never dreamed it would do if I leave it un, out of the place of Jesus. But when I keep Jesus in his place, he shows me my heart. I don't know if you've seen this, the problem here is not with the seed it's not with the sower. That's God. He's sowing into you right now with his word through me and through other people in his Bible. The problem is with our hearts. You see, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? You see, if you get in the word of God, only the word of God can show you your heart. Listen to what the Bible says about that. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful. And sharper than any two edge sword. How many of you have read the Bible before and it all of a sudden started showing you something you didn't want to see? It started talking about something you didn't want to hear. It started doing something to your heart you didn't really want to happen. It started to break your heart. It started to grab a hold of your heart. It started to convict your heart. You ever had that happen? That's because that's the power of the Word of God in the Holy Spirit. Listen to what that verse says. For the Word of God is living and powerful, to the two-edged sword, piercing even to the vision of soul and spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You see, you'll think, man, I'm perfect, I'm good, till you get in the Word of God. The Word of God will show you, it's a mirror, the things in your life that don't belong there, the things in the life that should be there that are not. And friends, listen, the biggest thing that's keeping it from being in the Word is you. <laughs> and the Word being in you. Because you see, the devil's intention is to keep you out of the Word, to keep the Word out of you, to deceive you, to to cause you to stop living for the word and obeying the word, to choke you, to to hinder it from bearing fruit in your life with distractions that choke it out. But guys, let me show you what the Lord's intention for the word is. It's to grow you into fruitfulness.
1: How many of you has grown a
0: garden and you didn't weed it and you let it get weeded up? Before long, you can't find your beans from your weeds. Amen. And you know what? We have a bad bad habit of looking at everybody else's garden. But you know what? God didn't put you here to weed my garden. And he didn't really put me here to weed your garden. He just told me to let you know your garden can get weedy. Amen. (laughs) It ain't my job to point out all the stuff in your garden that shouldn't be there. But I'm here to tell you, others see it. If you're so... Foolish that you think you can be so worldly and carnal and do all the other things that all the non-Christians get to do and go to the places all they get to go to and participate in all the stuff that they want to protest in and the, the Christians with the good heart don't see it. But you see, Christians with a good heart, no, we're not supposed to judge you. But we are supposed to be fruit inspectors. And I feel sorry for them people like that. I used to say, Lord, why do you let them do so much? You don't let me get away with as much as them. So you don't worry about them, you worry about me. But I began to learn through the years that if you go do what they get to do, they won't get to do some things that I get to do. Like feel the anointing of God's Holy Spirit. Stand in the presence of God. Have the Bible come alive to them and speak to them and change them and show them things that natural, unregular people don't get to see. When's the last time you opened the word of God and you couldn't close it because it came to life? It spoke to the point your heart was gripped by the truth and the power of God's voice through his word. You see, that should happen more often than we let it happen. And that's what it does. It it changes us. And I want you to think about it. Look what Jesus said. He said, but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who... Having heard, having heard, past tense, not who hear or they hear. They have heard who having heard the word with a noble and good heart. They keep it and they bear fruit with patience. I want you to think about this. The whole reason God's got the word of God is not just to give you information. But it's to cause in you transformation. Transformation. I want to show you one of my favorite quotes in my Tony Evans Bible. Tony Evans is awesome. He said, transformation is the demonstration that the information has taken root. If all you can do is quote verses and give the Sunday school answers, but your life ain't changed and it's not changing, then you have dull hearted Christianity. You have deafened ears that hear, but they can't hear. You have eyes that can see, but you can't perceive. When you perceive what the Spirit of God wants to do with the Word of God, when you can hear in your heart what the Word of God wants to do with the Word of God, when your heart is no longer dull, it'll change you. You see, the Bible says that having what all God has done for us, finally, my brethren, after all of that, Paul says, give your lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is our reasonable service of worship to him. And then he says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is the good and perfect will of God. What is the good and perfect will of God? To be changed from where he found you into where he's trying to get you. What's he trying to get you to? Christianity, Christ-likeness. Bear his image. Ain't that right, girl? Y'all learned that this week, I bet. He's trying to prove, he's trying to make you into the example and a manifestation of the life of Christ in you. And so he's doing that with his word and by the power of his spirit. And as we truly believe the word, it changes us. We're not just religious. We're not just Sunday morning church people. We're Jesus people. We get up in the morning, it's not just about making our life and getting through life and saying a couple prayers. It's about living a life in the presence of Jesus, with Jesus, and for Jesus. But the most important part, with him. With Jesus. And I want to show you something God showed me. I didn't, that there is in the Tony Evans study Bible. I recommend it if you want a good study Bible, get it. But this right here is what I want to show you. True, genuine faith. Faith that's hearing the word of God, truly hearing it. You see, Real belief, saving belief, life changing belief that would be called faith is going to produce trust. You see, when you believe the Bible, you're going to trust the Bible. And when you trust the Bible, you're going to obey the Bible. It's a natural occurrence. If I believe it to the point I trust it, I'll apply it, I'll put it in my life, and it'll produce obedience. You know what the Bible says? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's your opinions, your beliefs, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. That's his opinions, his beliefs, and he will direct your path. Well, friends, if he's going to direct your path, it's going to be more than just believing something. It's going to be trust in something to the point you follow it, you obey it. You see, unbelief, not really believing it will always result in doubting it. And doubting always produces disobedience. Every time. That's what happened to Israel in the book of Hebrews. Listen when he goes on and says, he says, "Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief, In departing from the living God. Beware brethren that saved people. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. In departing from the living God. Exhort one another daily. While it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers that sharers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confession steadfast to the end friends it's not enough to confess it 20 years ago walk an aisle and doubt it the rest of your life and never apply it enough and believe it enough to let it be real in your life because friends that's what lost people do that's what people who are controlled by the devil do listen what he says for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them them being israel but the word which they heard did not profit them Not being mixed with faith when they heard it. You see, you can listen to the preacher. You can like the preacher. You can be entertained by the preacher. You can get the spiritual goosebumps by the preacher. But if it doesn't change your life, you ain't listening. And you haven't heard. Because that's what it's here for. Friends, listen. What else it says. When you begin to look in this word. It says to be careful how you hear. Look at verse 18. Therefore take heed how you hear. For whoever has, has what? Hearing, understanding, access to the word that you have faith. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away. Now I'm going to try to interpret that to you in redneck understandable language. And if you don't believe it, you don't have to. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will bear witness to it. What that verse is saying is when we respond in faith to God's truth, more truth will be given to you. But if you hear it, and you don't even do nothing with it, you waste it, he'll quit telling you new stuff. But if we refuse to respond to God's truth, If you keep rejecting it, you don't apply it, you don't live it, you just want to be entertained by it, you want to be made felt good by it, you want your ears tickled by it, go to another church. But if you want to sit under the Word of God and hear from God, you're going to have to do more than just listen. You're going to have to hear. When we was kids, my mom would be calling us for supper, and she'd say, Marvin, Greg, we'd be playing Over at my cousins, we keep on playing. Marvin, Greg, we keep on playing. When we heard, Marvin, John, Gregory, Scott, get back to the house, son, we cut a trail. We knew we didn't listen. We better get to listen. There's a big difference between hearing and listening. Can I get an amen? Amen. There's a lot of us, we don't listen until we know we're about to get in trouble. And sometimes we don't listen until we do get in trouble. But ain't you glad God still talks to us? That God still speaks to us? That God still cares enough for you to tell you the truth even when the world says true love is to believe what we want to believe. If you disagree with us, you don't love us. No, that's not Bible. You know, the royal needs to wake up. You can't make the rainbow into whatever you want it to be. The rainbow is not a symbol of love. The rainbow is a symbol, a promise that God won't judge us the same way that he judged us last time. (laughs) Some people need to tell some folks that. Amen. Amen. But guys, listen. When we respond in faith to God's truth, more truth is coming. So how do you respond? What do you do? You obey it. You do what it says. You say, are you sure that means obedience is required? Yes. Look what it says right there. It says right below that, it says right after Jesus says in verse 18, Therefore take heed how you hear, for whoever has to him more will be given. And whoever does not have even what he thinks he's got is fixing to get taken away. Then all of a sudden someone says, Hey, Jesus, your mother and your brothers came to you. And they could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told by Jesus, some who said, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. And look what Jesus said. Jesus then said, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and amen it. Those who hear the word of God and say, hallelujah, preacher. No. He said, my brothers and my sisters are those who hear the word of God and do it. Do it. You know what he said about people who hear him? He said, the person who hears him but doesn't do what he says is a fool. And the person who hears what he says and does what he says is a wise man. And he said, the fool, his house one day will fall. But the wise man, when all the troubles, when all the things of the world comes against it, his house will stand. You see, today, the condition of our heart is the most important thing about how we receive. It ain't how long or how short I preach. And I knew we weren't going to make 12 today, but wasn't it good to hear it for useless testimony? But I want you to look at this before we close. Jesus said the ones that fell on the good ground was to cultivate it. God's cultivating some of us this morning. Amen. Some of us had that rocky stuff in our heart. Well, thank God if God showed you you've been having a shallow commitment, get the rocks out. If you got rocky soil and your plants ain't growing right, what do you do if you're a farmer? You get the rocks out, you dig it out, you cultivate, you put good soil, you fertilize it, you work. Well, God's fertilizing some of us this morning. He's cultivating you. He's, getting, he's trying to get deep. So if you've got a shallow heart and you've been playing around, you've let some difficulties make you stop and give up on God, renew yourself today. Say, Lord, I'm back in the fight. Devil, leave me alone. I'm walking with Jesus. Lord, plow my heart. Make me deep for you. And then maybe you got choked up today. You got things all in your life that shouldn't be there. And you're, you're so overwhelmed with the things of the world, you don't have time for God. Well, friends, you're the only one who can change that. You have to make that decision. You see, the noble heart, the loyal heart, the good heart keeps the word of God and he bears fruit with patience. That word patience can equally be translated endurance. Now, how many of you know that patience requires endurance and endurance allows patience? They come together. Anybody here have been crazy enough to pray for patience? Because if you pray for patience, endurance is coming. But endurance is part of the peaceful fruit of only what God can put in your life. Patience. To be patient, you better have some Jesus to be patient. How many of you are going to help with VBS? Well, you need to bear some fruit for patience. Amen. But all kidding aside today, how many of you realize that today your heart condition needs a little help? So I'm just going to tell you today, you've heard something. If you don't know you're saved, You can walk right back out of here and listen to the devil and stay lost. You can stay undone, unprepared for eternity, and walk out of here and take your chances. But I'm here to tell you the voice that's telling you to do that is not on your side. He does not love you, and he does not care about you. He hates you, and that's why he's trying to keep you. From making a commitment to Jesus Christ this morning. But the Spirit of God will tell you. Today is the day of salvation. Today if you've heard his voice. Obey and come and give your life to Christ. And I'm inviting you to do that. To give your life to Jesus. For those of you who realize. My commitment's been very superficial and shallow. I need to step it up. I need to be more committed. I need to become more faithful. And Lord I'm asking you to do that. I'd say get the rocks out of your heart and come and get it right with God. For those of us who's got the world where it shouldn't be and your heart is choked with the things and cares of this life, give those up to Jesus and he'll put something better in your life. But friends, listen. The word of God is the word of God. And Jesus said, "This not me. You cannot be my disciple unless you deny yourself, take up the cross and follow me." That's not always easy. In fact, lots of times it's very difficult. It's not always comfortable, but it's always beneficial spiritually. It always will produce fruit. So this morning as we stand together, we're going to pray together. I'm going to ask you if you need to respond, come. If you need to be saved, there's nothing better would come. Brother Sam, you come stand here. If the youth want to talk to you and pray with you some, you might want to come pray with Sam. Maybe today you just want to come kneel in an altar and say, Lord, change my heart. Do y'all remember some people that were pretty godly in the Bible? David prayed one time. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Others prayed, change my heart, O oh God. You see, the problem is usually not in the preacher, it's not in the church, it's in our heart. It's certainly not in the Word of God and in the God of the book. So today I want to ask you to be real, to just let God have His way. And let Him condition your heart in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that right now everyone who needs to respond would have freedom and liberty to do that that they would not listen to their heart, but they would listen to your spirit, and they would obey you. In Jesus' name, amen. There's nothing worth more